Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston, and you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that always abides by ADA regulations. My name is Greg D, and on today's episode, we're talking Busey, werewolves, and wheelchairs as we delve into the Stephen King classic, Silver Bullet. But first, let me remind you, we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. You can find all of our episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. So we are, again, due to the chaos of the Christmas schedule here, not a brand new episode per se, but we wanted to make sure and have something here for this Friday. So this is actually an episode that we recorded for our other podcast called Nerds of Nostalgia, which we do. It's a live podcast uh, recorded once a month over at Screenland Tapcade, and this is one from October where we had a chance to screen and talk one of our favorites here. So you can anticipate um, a lot of dueling Buseys here. Bad Busey impressions, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, We hope you have fun with this one, and we should be back next week with a brand new episode. So please enjoy. Well, we are nerds indeed here on the Nerds of Nostalgia podcast, coming to you live from the wildest werewolf bar that is Screenland Tapcade here in Kansas City, Missouri, Tapcade, how are all you werewolf weirdos doing tonight? It's a full moon tonight, shit. I love it. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, my name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And I'd like to welcome those in the audience and those listening at home to our 10th Monday Mystery Movie Night of the Year. And we're continuing our look into the oddly 80s, i.e. movies that you could probably not put out today and tonight's film, being that we are in the midst of Shocktober here at Screenland, mm-hmm. we had to do something horrific. We had to do something hilarious. We had to do something from the 80s and something that you would probably have a hard time making today. And I should say this, tonight's pick is all Genius McGee. So Genius, what led us to tonight's film? Well, there's only one good answer for that. And that's, of course, Gary Busey. Because when you think about madness in Shocktober, who better than Busey? And if you're taking an over or under bet on the amount of bad Busey impressions... There's going to be a lot of Busey. As, as, as Mount Baldy would say, the Busey is loose. I would actually even say, if you've heard of dueling banjos, tonight you might get dueling Buseys, okay? <laughs> Just like... <laughs> That in and of itself is terrifying, which doesn't even get us into this film. So, hey, you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> oh, no. If I could get it gone south, way bad. I right. was going to go with David Lynch's Silver Bullet, but Gary Busey in Deliverance already <laughs> right? adds to the nightmare fuel there. So, by a round of applause, who actually saw Silver Bullet for their first time? Wow, that's almost three-quarters of the audience. That's, and I'm not surprised, actually, and we'll discuss why that's not too surprising. It's kind of a deep pull, isn't it? Okay, so out of those ones who saw it for the first time, how many enjoyed it? 
good over under. That's not too bad. So um, I guess the best place to start with something like this is to number one, um, I would like to personally thank, and this has nothing to do with this evening, but no. it does have to do with a live podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend here, uh, we were lucky enough to attend the Halloween Palooza Film Festival that was held in Ottumwa, Iowa. And it was a blast. So before everything, so much fun. Thank you, Prescribed Films, uh, mm-hmm. everyone at Halloween Palooza for making us feel like we were welcome. Yeah, Attack of the Killer podcast, all of them. Thank you so much. We had a fucking ball. So uh, you know, Nightmare Junket, our horror podcast. Sometime in November, we will air that. It was a lot of fun. But I will say this, and something I'm very proud of in particular was I don't know if any of you heard our Panic Fest live episode we did, where we kind of broke out the Nightmare Junket home game version. Uh, but we did a little uh, kind of explain the plot badly 70s version, and I'm going to see if you all can get this, but do the, um, the, 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 uh, the last one? Not the last one, the second to last one with the rhyme, and I would like to see if you all can get this, the little uh, for the holiday. Oh, oh, the cre- oh, okay, 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 okay. So I, thought, I want you to I think about- I thought you were talking about the second, what the buck. The, no, 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 this one here, I would like to challenge you all just to give you a taste here. Genius is going to badly describe- <coughs> A movie, horror movie from the 70s. Let's see if you can get this one. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you're walking by the quad or down by the lake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. If you pick up the phone, you're gonna die. (laughs) If you had to take a guess, what 70s horror film would you say that was? Anyone? Ooh, we oh, wait, wait, we got, wait, wait, somebody up there? <laughs> what would your guest been in the back? Yeah, yeah you. That Black was correct. Christmas. Black Christmas. Right, right, right. I, I don't know what it was. I was just particularly proud of that one because if you've seen Black Christmas, you know that's pretty. And if you haven't seen Black Christmas, stop what Spoilers. you're doing. <laughs> Get to it. But forget Black Christmas because we are celebrating all things Halloween, Shocktober here, Silver Bullet, one of two werewolf films that came out in 1985. Two drastically different werewolf films that came out in 1985. One you can definitely show the entire family. The other one, probably not so much. So genius. Just the Busey family. Oh, hey, just, Jake, come here. I got a movie. It's going to be great. <laughs> this is actually probably his parenting tips came from this particular film. And we'll go into those because yeah, I thought it was good. But this is one that you actually, genius. In fact, <coughs> um, born in East L.A., Tonight's pick, and also next month's pick, all from the brain of one genius, McGee. So genius, silver bullet in yourself. What kind of a initial relationship did you have with this film? The first time I saw this movie was on TBS, okay? Way back in the day when TBS really just showed, like, Met games and fucking... And Braves like, games. Braves games. Braves games, and that's about it. Well, they're like, coming up next, silver bullet. And I kind of, like, like, got about halfway... Not even halfway. I, was, I, I came into the scene towards the very end where they have the bullet and they're finally fighting with a werewolf. And I just was just transfixed. Like, holy shit, there's a big werebear kidding people. What the fuck, right? And I'm little and I'm just like, wow, this movie's great. And then like I reverse engineered because, of course, if, if it was on TBS, it's going to play again. So like... That or the Beastmaster. Right. And so it actually just put, came on like right after it, one of those repeat <laughs> things. And I was like, well, shit, I know Let's how it ended, right but I'm it. still going to go watch it. And I 
fucking loved it. And I, I even at a young age, what cracked me up was the hee-haw, hee-haw, he always calls me that. I fucking died laughing the first time I saw that. That whole scene where he's like, you can't play the managers. Piss on the man. Piss on the Yankees. Piss on the Indians. Right? Cracked my shit up and there is no better place to start with this movie because if you're talking silver bullet he is top billed for a reason gary mother loving Busey, who obviously Jesus jumped up balled up palomina i love that fucking Buseyisms. well how many of those do you think he actually brought in from <laughs> his own like that was non-scripted i swear his whole entire the whole movie was just like hey Busey, here's the scene here's where you need to get to have at hey i'm gonna make me a motorcycle it's gonna be great you know, it's like, dude, you know? He has one of the all-time great intro scenes. You know, with some people, you get that lovely pan up, and then they're revealed not so much with uh, Uncle Red. He is just all about setting up a joke, a joke that he's probably told so many times at so many dive bars and gotten so many laughs, and damn it, it still makes me laugh to this day. Yep, he always has that joke. You know, <laughs> I fucking love that. But something I noticed, you're talking about Busey being like Uncle Red and stuff. It's like one of those like, behold your future things, you know, because like I don't have kids, but I'm an uncle and I bought my niece some fireworks when it wasn't July once before. And I'm always the one that's like, do you always have to cuss in front of the kids? Like, oh, fucking shit, you know? Like, so, like, I can totally see myself as Uncle Red. It was almost kind of scary. Well, it's funny. We've talked about it before. If you go deep cut on early episodes of Nerds and the Nostalgia, we always talked about your Uncle Coyote. Yeah, buddy! Exactly, and kind of how you were slowly transforming into Uncle Coyote. Uh -huh. However, during tonight's screening, because I haven't seen this film. This is one of those films that I saw in constant rotation on HBO, and I don't think I've seen it since, like, probably the late 80s. So seeing this in the theater, number one, was rad. Yeah, it was. But watching this on the big screen and all the little mannerisms of one Uncle Red. I know! I kept looking over at Genius and going, oh, my God, this is kind of uncanny. Like, it's just bleeding in from screen over to my right. And I'm like, I'm, what am I seeing here? Like, I'm expecting you at any point because... Before, during, and after, again, the Buseyisms were just top-notch. Right. Just, hey, everybody, right? I'm going to do some crazy shit. But you know what? Here's the thing between me and Uncle Red, right? Like, Uncle Jay, Uncle Jay, there's a werewolf. Uh, I'm going to go get my coat, you know? <laughs> I'm going to go fuck up some werewolf shit, or at least find out, you know? I fucking love Busey in this movie because he's funny as shit. Yeah, and that's the best thing, again, seeing this in a the theater, seeing it react, people reacting, again, the communal experience. I'm, I'm going to say it played pretty well because every point that like Busey came on screen, he was injecting energy into the movie. Not that the movie needed energy, but no. he is just that. He's, dare we say, a wild card, bitches. Yeah! But this movie was way funnier than I thought it was. I, I mean, I knew it was, had some moments of levity, especially with the peacemaker. and You're just sitting there making lemonade in your pants, you know? But like the jokes... And, like, the levity and the Busey just was... Mwah. So let's start at the beginning here. Uh, this particular film, uh, written by Stephen King, and also He's based... He's going to scare the hell out of you. If he remembers it based on all the cocaine I'm sure he was on at the time. Uh, but this is based on not one of his novels, but one, his novella called Cycle of the Werewolf. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen that, but it's really cool because it's not only written by Stephen King, but it has accompanying illustrations... An illustration, actually, that is plastered up behind me and has given me nightmares to this day. And the illustrations are done by the late, great Bernie Wrightson. And you might be familiar with that name if you're a fan of comics. He was actually the co-creator 
of Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And he could probably do more with just a pencil and some lead. The drawings and illustrations are so detailed and scary. The one particularly behind us, where he's ripping off some dude's face. And if you look, there is such fear in that guy's eyes that stayed with me. This is one of those like books that I would see at like Walden Books or B. Yeah. Dalton Bookseller back in the day. And I'd like reach up at the top shelf to get it, look at it, and just, oh, God. So if I start like shaking or going to the corner and crying, it's because of the illustration behind us. Well, and it's a really dope book and a very dope story. And it's and the book and the, I should say the movie is pretty faithful to the book for the most part because it's the screenplay was by Stephen King. And you know if one thing about Stephen King, he's not afraid to fuck up some kids. And that's the one thing, I think that's what adds dread to this movie because you know it's Stephen King and one, they already chopped up a pregnant chick. Well, they let's, already chopped up well, a kid. Well, hold on. Yeah, let's go at the very beginning Spoilers. Here. The very first kill we get in our intro and the <laughs> first thing that happens is we get a hobo kill. Now, this last weekend, we were basically talking and singing the praises of professional hobo player George Buck Flower. God damn it. And the first thing that came up when you see this guy, immediately you're like, wait, is this Buck Flowers? Buck Flowers? But no, it was more like Chuck Flowers. It was kind of like just the sad union equivalent when you can't get Buck Flower. In fact... Steven Spielbergo. (laughs) Well, how many of you actually are familiar with the movie Major League? Show of hands. Okay, yeah, yes. This is what happens, unfortunately, after you are a Major League manager. Because if you didn't realize it, that's the guy that played Lou Brown from Major League. Ah, there it is. Yes. that's where Oh. Because he's the only guy that could actually probably Somewhat compare. buckish? Yes. Yeah. He's very, he's, he has buckish qualities. It's pretty great. So the fact that we don't get a buck flower, but we get him, that's not too bad. Hobo surrogate. Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing with this movie are the kills. The kills in this movie, I think, kind of elevate it because they're mean. They're very mean. And like like I said, the first thing he kills a hobo, then he kills a pregnant woman, then he kills a kid, and then he kills half the fucking town. Shit. It's, it is Stephen King. Well, and the thing about it is what makes him scary, it's like he knows that he's doing it. And he's like, there are sinners. That's why I did it. You know, that's what makes it even fucked up worse. A werewolf with an agenda. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you heard the good news? You know? So, like, no, fuck all that noise. I don't want a religious werewolf. I dare say an agenda and also an affinity for baseball. Like, was the priest part of some, like, like baseball-esque, like, um, like a little league that he had going on? Because he was drawn to that Peacemaker baseball bat. What was it with that? I don't know. I just think, one, one, it was a dope bat. (laughs) I mean, like, if the guy from Reservoir Dogs is going to tell you, like... Beat you up with the ba- and that was the guy who ran the whole thing in Reservoir Dogs. Yep. That was Tony Chu, Tony Chu, that one. So yeah, that was him. But that was a dope, the peacemaker. Yeah, and I think it was kind of more like he wasn't like wanting the bat. I just think like first of all, if someone's gonna attack me with a baseball bat and I can somehow get that baseball bat, I'm gonna fuck him up too. You know. And he, he loved some baseball bats. Did you notice that? He fucked a lot of people up. Even yeah. when he was like not even quite, he was like kind of like half werewolf. He was like, 
fuck you. You know what I'm saying? That was a badass werewolf. Either is baseball just spread out through this film, whether it's not betting with the managers, whether it is the peacemaker. It is, he, this is, he comes up and he's like fucking like gutting that person, just like like George Brett, like just coming around. The pine tar incident. The yeah. <laughs> that would have made the pine tar incident in and of itself. Imagine George Brett running out and actually transforming into a werewolf <laughs> and then taking on the entire the entire Yankees team. I would love it. Piss on the Yankees. So <laughs> now, one of the other things that we've got here, and the, also the fact that the priest is played by like podcast favorite Everett McGill. And quite honestly, if you're going to put Everett McGill in your show, in your, in your movie, you know he's going to probably play a little evil. A creep. Because he's hella creepy, even when he wasn't. When, okay, he was, he was scary as a werewolf, but he was even scarier when he was like chasing Corey Feldman in the bridge. Like, he really wanted to fucking kill that kid. But the only thing about that, it would have made this movie a lot better if he played the character that he played in People Under the Stairs and he fucking did it. If he did his sermon with the, like, gimp mask. Yeah, he was just like, zip. And the Lord said to Corinthians, zip. You know, and just like, you know, come to daddy. You know, just like, just all creepy and shit. Yeah. I could have completely gone for that. Completely and totally. Um, now, one of the other things also that shows up in this movie that I love, and I got to give complete credit here, as I talked a little bit about a werewolf bar uh, in the beginning here. Now, I'm going to give credit here. Um, how many of you actually, how many of you are familiar with a little podcast called We Hate Movies? Anyone? Anyone? Excellent. There we go. A few of you. I, so I'm going to totally give them credit, but they've talked about, and they coined this term, werewolf bar. And we ourselves, we, you may have been in a werewolf bar. Now, a werewolf bar, bar consists of a number of, number of things. Most importantly, you have to have wood paneling in your bar. Okay? Yeah. You usually have to have some sort of defunct, like, trophy of some, like, some unknown sporting event. Mm -hmm. And then also a lot of really kick-ass facial hair. And then you've got yourself a werewolf bar. And that's what I love. Joe from Reservoir Dogs is running a werewolf bar. Because everybody in that thing, all the, the local the, yokels, they the all The main had, yokels? Right. They all had kick Well, that dude had Scuzz facial hair, you know? My name is Buck, and I drive a truck, and I'm here to fuck. Like, every single part, every single part person in that, like, at the drop of a hat, could be like, born in the mountain and raised in the cave, fucking and trucking is all I crave, you know? Every single one. And, like... I like those kind of bars, but I hate those kind of bars because I walk in there and it's like the large large barge sent me. You know, like, no, no, thank you. So we're going all over here. But one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about is we the whole thing about our where we're focusing on these 80s films is we're talking about why you couldn't necessarily make them today. And tonight's film definitely challenges what our norms are. And I dare say I said it before. This film features copious use of a C word, but it's not the C word you're thinking of. No, it's not see you next Tuesday. It is it's, not that at all. It's something. But it is one of those words that once uttered so many times, it got a few giggles in the audience because, again, you're just like, oh, shit, can we say that? Right, and like Gary Busey saying shit like that, too. It's like, and here's another thing about Gary Busey. Okay, so, so he makes this fucking pimp-ass ride for Corey. I mean, and it's a great ride, but it's totally not safe totally street illegal and he doesn't even get the kid the helmet out of all the all the irony out of all the fucking people in the world to talk about motor safety motorcycle safety that should be gary Busey. hey don't turn out like me have a helmet on you know just something don't wind up like your old uncle red ah, you know just like just put a helmet on that kid shit 
And then to top it off, not only does he give him this thing again that is a walking like lawsuit, but then he gives him fireworks. He gives him fucking fireworks. Have they not seen those PSAs back in the day with they show all the kids with like the fucking mangled ass hands and like the fucking look like like the werewolf in this with the one eye and shit? I was half expecting some of the fireworks to have like acne on the side of them, just given how dangerous and just how ill-advised he was. Corey Haim, super genius. <laughs> you know, fucking uh, silver bullets says like acne on it, winds up running into the, the wall or into the bridge and there's like a picture of a brick wall on the side of it. Dude, he was like a rubber band away from, like a giant rubber band from defeating the werewolf. <laughs> he falls off the bridge and you just see a little sign that says yikes as he like falls down. I would go for that. I would go for that. But this is one of those films, again, where your protagonist is in a wheelchair. Something you do not see every day. Mm-mm. Something that I don't think we saw until since maybe like Mac and me. Dare yeah. I say? And, yeah, and the same thing kind of happened to him, too. Just like, I'm going to go down the bridge. You know, just like. <laughs> well, this film also features uh, what I love as kind of the alcoholic uncle. Just that, the again, Uncle Red played that uncle that, now again, again, not saying that you are that guy there, but there's some not ill-advised yet. things that he does. And did you notice, ultimately in the church, what happened there? And that's one of my great things when he just kind of looks around. Pulls like, out a flask like, ain't nobody looking. Ain't nobody going to see me take a drop of this hooch. You know? Well, I'm like, every share. I got to stay focused for the Lord. You know? And just like. <laughs> Goes well with the communal wine, actually. It's exactly. a nice chaser. He's always thinking ahead. No, there's uh, little elements of that. But it doesn't necessarily come back. Because actually, one of the things that I love about the film, and I think what, I, what Gary Busey brings to it, is the fact that you can tell Uncle Red really genuinely loves his nephew and niece. Oh, absolutely. He loves them unequivocally. Like, as bad as I am, right. I'm still going to, we're going to have some good times. Hey, they're my kin. I got to take care of kin, you know? <laughs> but also something that we should talk about here is as absurd as like, and also like the silver bullet, it's like almost like he's leveling it up. Like he's getting hit points and, you know, ex- experience points with everything that he goes through. Okay. I love a good weapon making montage. Oh, yeah. I mean, a good way. I mean, like from Mandy, from Conan, from everywhere. And this bullet making one was really cool. She coins the term, he was a wizard of weapons. Mm. And that, even I, as a little kid watching that, I don't, didn't know what it meant, but damn it, that was cool. Yeah. Like, I want to be a freaking wizard of weapons. It's like, what can you kill with this bullet? How about a werewolf? You know, just like, it seemed like everybody in the town knew, but they couldn't necessarily say it out loud. Right. Well, th- let's face it. Like the it. town that dreaded full moon. It was <laughs> well, there's a lot of parallels to other movies, most notably, I think, to definitely to Jaws. Mm-hmm. How the fact that you've got this issue, this, um, dare we say, man versus nature thing coming in, threatening the town, shutting everything down, and everyone denying it initially, Till it does literally come up to bite them in the ass. Yes, that 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 greenhouse scene was scary. That greenhouse scene was tense because, like, right after you had this fucking asshole watching around, get him, get him. Just funny. I mean, you just wanted to laugh at him, but then next thing you know, he's being gutted. But he's also the same one that said we should probably electrocute all the cripples. Yeah, he was a good comeuppance. Yes, he totally said we should electrocute all the cripples, did. and everyone laughed because they're like, oh, I can't wait for that guy to get his. Yeah. And the kills in here are pretty gnarly and pretty nasty and pretty varied for the most part, mm-hmm. which you usually don't get with a werewolf film, which I, I thought added to the diversity. Yeah, there's some that are, that happen off screen that seem to be a lot more gorier than expected. Um, there's levity kills. 
You know, the, the like the, the whole bat in the fog and all that. <laughs> oh, but speaking of bat in the fog, I heard so many people wince when like when the, he got caught in the bear trap. And then they're like, oh, hell, I'll help you. Snap. And there was like, ooh, you know, it was funny, but it was just like, ah, yeah. And, you know, that guy who helped him out, that he's character actor, but I can't remember his name of it. But he also plays the guy that took over Mrs. Doubtfire's job and Mrs. Doubtfire as the new host. And then later on, when she gets her show back, he's the mailman. Really? Yes. That's beyond a deep cut. That's yes. like next level inception there. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, so a couple things here we got to talk about. We're, this is Silver Bullet is a werewolf movie. And again, it's a werewolf movie that I don't think enough people have seen. Why do you think that is? What is it that is the barrier that's keeping people from knowing Silver Bullet? I don't know. I think, one, because like people don't assume Gary Busey can be scary, although they've never seen him oh, in, in real life. Come on now, don't. You just got to see that movie, Carney. I mean. Fucking what's it called? Hider in the House? Oh, shit. See the trailer for Hider in the House and, and make yourself laugh. See the movie Hider in the House itself and then have yourself a good laugh. No, I don't know why. I think maybe because, like... Maybe Teen Wolf took the werewolf thunder because you have two drastically different ones and one more aimed at family and one that's kind of like shuffled. And I think it was one of those ones that was like came out for a week and then is gone. That, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Or it could be the fact that we've got we're calling a kid a cripple all over the town. We've got his drunk alcoholic uncle. Yeah, but this is the 80s. I know. <laughs> Another time. Another place. <laughs> that is so true because that's the thing. This came out in 1985 and uh, truly. Well, technically, though. It actually then takes us back to 76, 76, yeah, which is the year I was born, strangely enough. Not strangely enough, but it's... Yeah, I know You're I'm, a werewolf. <laughs> oh, shit, oh, shit. No, let me tell you. So, okay, no, forget that. So, You're I, a day wolf. I grew up in uh, Stanley, Kansas, which... Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, sadly no longer exists. Stanley, Kansas was a nice little rural town almost, and it was kind of taken over by Overland Park, Kansas, which was actually made famous by the United States of Terra on Showtime, which Tony Collette, which is hereditary. Fuck that movie. <laughs> but ultimately, I had, uh, it's kind of weird. Stanley was very, just like um, a, a tree branch away from being incestual, because like my entire family lived there. <laughs> like every other house, there was one of my family members, and three houses down lived my cousin and his dad. And the reason I bring them up is because his dad was one of the people that probably put me on a line to just, again, the minute something bad happens, my fight or flight instincts kick in and it's to get out of town. So my cousin's dad's name is Chuck and that's all I'm gonna say because Chuck is a bad, bad man. Uh, but the town I lived in in Stanley, I was really rad. I lived behind in front of, excuse me, I lived in front of a trailer park and then adjacent to that trailer park, there was a huge thing, it was a John Deere tractor supply plant. So that means we had tractors all over the place. So kids would come to my house, we'd break out my fake guns, we'd jump on the tractors, have a good time, little war machines. Great, great, wonderful childhood. <laughs> However, Until there, was, one day. there was a big dilapidated barn in the middle of the John Deere little plant. And my cousin's uh, dad, Chuck, used to always tell us you should avoid that place at night, especially at a full moon. Because living in Stanley, someone was actually a werewolf. Now, of course, I was, was, uh, I was probably eight or nine. I watch horror movies. As a kid, you are th you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to believe that. Because this Fucking is hook, line, and sinker. An adult is telling you this. And if an adult tells you something, it's true. Now, here's the problem, though. Chuck himself was a very large, lanky individual. Very dark skin, long-ass hair. He himself kind of looked like a werewolf. And he told me yellow eyes would come out 
and you could know he was going to get you because you'd see his yellow eyes peering in through your windows. Now, as a young kid, my window was adjacent to the street. So after hearing this story, this story I cannot tell you how many nights seen little flashlight headlights coming down, coming down, and all I can think of is, oh, my God, here comes yellow eyes, here comes yellow eyes, oh, God, here comes yellow eyes. Okay, it's just a car. He's fucking Greg's like under the covers like I do believe in spooks, I do believe in spooks, I do, I do, I do, I do believe in spooks. But the only reason I bring this up because Chuck was the type who liked to mess with kids. And there was one particular night that happened to be on a full moon. Who messes with kids? Yeah, oh, no, yeah, maybe this was like a weird tangential, like you're going to meet a dude like this and he's going to become <laughs> your best friend one day. <laughs> happened to be a full moon, almost like something straight out of Salem's Lot. I start hearing... Oh, fuck that. ...on my window. Now, immediately, I'm like, okay, I don't see any headlights. It can't be yellow eyes. Maybe, oh, God, maybe it's the tree from Poltergeist. Who knows? But sure as shit, I hear again. And at this point, I've actually gotten out of my bed. And when I am probably about halfway there, who pops up with his just, just his normal face and goes, but Chuck. <laughs> and I screamed so loud and ran so fast. Close. I mean... No, it was horrible. It was horrible because I was so scared. I was crying. <laughs> and, oh, God, it was all. Now, creep in mind, this was probably like three weeks ago, which is the worst part, but no. I don't mean to laugh, dude, but at the same time, it kind of makes me want to fuck with you for well, a little he bit. Was, and he was the guy that would walk around the town at night and just would probably, no doubt, go down a line of the kids in the neighborhood and do shit like that. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> this is also the same dilapidated barn that my friends and I tried to exercise by reading passages from the Bible. As my friend Chris told me, he saw the image of a demon crying blood as we were trying to cast it out. I mean, that's the kind of shit that went on in our neighborhood. It wasn't Stranger Things, but it was more like just mediocre things. <laughs> Strange-ish things? Strange-ish, indeed. Yeah, so I have been petrified of werewolves my entire life. And then let me tell you something also. The fact that they shot the eyes out in this movie as a kid, that was probably like my, like, that was my comeuppance for Yellow Eyes. Like, screw you, Yellow Eyes. Like, I'll shoot your eyes out. Pow, pow, pow. It would have been a very Christmas story, you'll shoot your eyes out. It basically. was. Corey Haim's got some good fucking name in this movie. He's a straight up Laurie Strode in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's fucking like like Pecos Bill, just like poo poo poo, just shooting people in the eyes and shit. Man, it's impressive. So, like, do you still fear yellow eyes? I still fear any time that I see two little headlights just approaching. I know they're cars. I know, but what? Yeah, don't even. Between you and Jill. I will never let you guys come near me again. That is a promise. <laughs> now, also, something that we kind of got a kick out of here, and dare I say, Marty and his sister were maybe kind of the first internet trolls before the internet. They fucking were, because how are you going to say, we know who you are, we know what you do, fucking kill yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's some shit you see on, like, YouTube comments. Like, fucking gay, kill yourself. You know, it's like, come on, trolls. Stop being such trolls. They're total trolls. Dude, I would get pissed off if I fucking woke up one day and looked at my mailbox, even if I was a werewolf, that says, I know you are, and what you did, fucking kill yourself. Man, I'd be like, hmm. I'd feel so bad. I'd you would like, have the Christmas time. Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time. I'd be like a sad howl. Well, then this also film features another uh, element of nightmare fuel, but how many, and this it's the dream sequence in this one. That's like my favorite scene. I love that when he's like dreaming and all the parishioners turn into werewolves and stuff. My favorite part when he's like, what do you think? Ah! And then like, then the, like you hear the crazy organ and then like, bah! 
That cracked me up when I first saw it. She's not going to bring uh, be playing Inagata De Vida anytime soon on that Boats one. Boats and hoes. But, like <laughs> but also the music, uh, it's very similar. It's, kinda, it's 80s, so it's got a synthwave feel. Uh, it's done by Jay Chataway, who, if you're familiar with genre films, he actually did the score for uh, Maniac, Maniac Cop, Vigilante, and yeah. a host of other things. But the interesting thing about this music, you definitely knew when there was a tonal shift because like when things were scary, it was like, Dun, dun, dun. And then when things are like lighthearted, it was mirthful and joyous. And I'm a little upset that Busey himself, because I'm sure he's like, hey, when do I get my own theme here? Come I on. get to play, don't I? No, his theme's like, do, do, he just comes in like, hey, look at me, I was Buddy Holly. Pegasus, peg. You're not even playing an instrument, Busey. Yes, I am. Peg, 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 peg. He's just like running around freaking out. I would love to see that. Also, his wardrobe throughout this film was top notch. Courtesy of the J.C. Penney's catalog circa <laughs> 1978. I think that was pretty period authentic for the most part. I think that was from his own personal collection. It's like, hey, I got these clothes. Hey, look, I still fit. I'm going to grab me a cheeseburger. I'm going to grab me a meatball sub. Make it two. Make it two. <laughs> <laughs> so also, I think it's definitely uh, talking about uh, sil the silver bullet wheelchair. Uh, here in the Kansas City area, we have a really great charity. Uh, they're called Walk and, Ro and Rollin'. Yes, uh, the Walking and Rolling Foundation, what they do is they get kids with special needs that are in wheelchairs, and then they kind of like trick out their wheelchairs to look like Halloween costumes. Not Uncle Red-esque. They are safe and street legal. <laughs> right. <laughs> like uh, like one kid wanted to be Vader, and so they made his wheelchair look like a TIE fighter, and it's a really good ca uh, cause, really good charity. It's here local. Shameless plug. Uh, the Kansas City Horror Club is ha we're having our Halloween party on November the 3rd, and the proceeds from that are going to go directly to Walking and Rolling. So definitely come by, check it out. There's going to be bands and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Walking and Rolling, really good stuff, and they don't let Red near the costumes. So, <laughs> so I guess final thoughts here, Genius McGee, on Silver Bullet before we go to some of our talking points. You know, I grew up... Really loving and enjoying this movie, just thinking it was a good werewolf story and a good, like, you know, like a down-home Americana werewolf story, right? right. But then re-watching this tonight, it still holds up quite well. I have to agree. I was. This is the one, again, I haven't seen in quite a while, so I was curious to see how it would play with the crowd. But again, kind of based on the interactions, the, the noise I heard... I definitely think it played well. So I'm glad to see it up on the big screen. So thank you, Screenland Shocktober, on that one. So this is the time where we will go ahead. We'll definitely have you start thinking about coming down, talking with us, sharing your thoughts on Silver Bullet on any of these talking points. Uh, we do have some prizes to give away to entice you. Mm -hmm. But we're going to go ahead and do the uh, talking points here. So Genius McGee, yes. uh, of, as many of there are out there, name me a favorite werewolf movie of yours. Would Waxwork Count? There is a werewolf involved, so uh, let's see here. The, where's our German judge? Uh, let's see. Yeah, that we are getting the okay, thumbs cool, up on that one. Cool, cool, cool. Because he comes up into multiple places in there. He so. does. And how many of you are familiar with waxwork? Okay, a few. If you're not, highly recommended. <laughs> <laughs> Come for the werewolf, stay for the Marquis de Sade. Right. Let's just say and that. And steak tartare. Oh, yes, it's all about the sauce. How Actually, much, O'Keefe? Miles O'Keefe. <laughs> So I would actually, and honestly, the werewolf, I think, in Waxwork has the best little reaction because he takes a, like, challenge chair shot straight out of WWE and just wipes it off. Mm -hmm. It's quite great. Now, I'm actually going to go with one 
recent uh, release here, I think it was like 2014, a little international flair, but it's a film called Late Phases. Ooh. I don't know if you said, okay, good, yes. It is one of those that I think would pair greatly with Bubba Hotep, which is also going to be screening here in Shocktober because it's a film that deals about getting old getting and just aging. And when you can combine a nice meditative like concept like that with a little lycan- lycanthropy, mm-hmm. it just adds so much to it. And it's also one of those, dare I say, it's a thinking man's elevated horror film. So if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and check it out. Also, there's a really good werewolf movie that just recently came out, and it's from Brazil, so they're not quite as hairy. That's but... Ha! <laughs> no, but... Um, <laughs> That few people, thank God, are like, oh, that we call that a grenade joke. I throw the pin and just wait. So anyway, no, there's it's a Brazilian werewolf movie and it's called Good Manners and like half it's it's almost like a dark fairy tale, but it involves a werewolf and a family and a like a family dynamic and it's really good. I really highly recommend it. It's a good werewolf film. That's one you did for Film Club, correct? Yes, it is. So it was it was worth the watch. All right, now now. Favorite Gary Busey role, because I know sometimes I get a little manic, but then sometimes I can do a little more. You can get a little Buddy Holly and a little something from one of my other movies. So, Genius McGee, which one of my favorite roles do you enjoy? I think this one. Uncle Red's my one of my absolute favorites (laughs) of it. But (laughs) I'm a Gary uh, Busey fan. I'm a big Busey fan. Do you celebrate my entire catalog? The entire catalog, especially Predator 2. So like yeah, Agent Keys. Yep. Between this and Predator Two, I think is probably two of my favorite Busey roles. Uh, but I haven't yet seen Hyder in the House. <laughs> so that one will definitely creep in quite literally to your top five Busey. And if we can do, can Gary Busey playing himself be one of my favorite ones? Because I don't know if you watch Impractical Jokers, but they're always talking about Gary Busey. And then one one day, like I think it was Sal was working behind uh, the counter of Starbucks, and he's trying to talk to somebody. And all of a sudden, Gary Busey walks in with a cup of coffee, and he goes, "God damn it!" And he throws it in his face. That's the last fucking time you're gonna call me Nick Nolte. And then he runs off. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's fucking great. Well, it's great because the difference between a you know a Gary Busey and then a goddamn Nick Nolte. Nolte. Ah. Get out of there, convict! <laughs> ah. Don't tell me what to do. I would love to see a buddy cop comedy with oh. Nick Nolte and fucking Gary Busey. You would have to. It would have to be in subtitles. You would not be able to understand it at all. Hey, everybody! Let me tell you what I got Let me go. We're gonna fight crime. No, we're not. Goddamn! Wait till we do it. You know, just yelling at each other and like falling in love or something. I don't know, but he would just be, you know, and Nick Nolte would be just stay on script. God damn it, Busey, you're throwing my lines off. Fucking Nick Nolte's in like a sidecar holding on to his helmet while Gary Busey's like, we're going to get him. <laughs> just like flipping off and jumping off shit. You know, the fact that we have a Gary Busey werewolf movie is not enough. The fact that we don't have that Gary Busey buddy cop film, that is just a damn shame. That's what we need. That's, it's, it's not the film we need, but it's the <laughs> film we deserve. <laughs> well, speaking of that, my favorite Gary Busey role, and it's one that's, he's again a side character in this. He gets killed off, spoilers, but under siege, he pairs up with Tommy, uh, Tom, Wa- oh, Jesus Christ. Tommy Lee Jones. Thank you, Tommy Lee Jones. And he, he, he has, like, next-level mania. He is dressing in drag. Anything that you want with Busey, you're getting with that. Definitely check it out. Now, a favorite Stephen King... Which one of my movies are you going to watch here there, Jay? The one that scares the hell out of me. Um, 
I love unapologetically love Maximum Overdrive. I mean, here comes another load of joy, huh? But uh, but <laughs> I got a laugh finally. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. Um, I I I un- unironically think it's a great movie because it's just fun and ACDC and all that. But the stand was good too. Are you doing the TV version? Well, I guess that's the that's only the version, only version. Correct? Yeah. Okay, that works. I, uh, I love this, Dan. Well, I watched the whole thing when it came on TV. Now, have you read it is the question. Yes, I have. It took me a month and a fucking half, but I read that goddamn tome. So <laughs> It's Stephen King. It's Stephen King. Um, he didn't technically direct this one, but it's definitely something we enjoy. I think most horror fans enjoy, and it's another one that is great to play during Halloween. Uh, but a little show, a uh, little film directed by George A. Romero, yes. and written by Stephen King, but the one and only Creep Show. I can't believe I didn't say that one. That's because ah. I wrote it down. I said, "Don't you fucking say this." Movie. Oh, that's right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so um, now, next part of the the podcast here is where we class things up. And listen, we know this bit wasn't funny twenty years ago when people were doing it. We know it's not funny now. But damn it, it's become somewhat of a tradition here on the live episode here. Uh, FMK. Gary Busey edition. So we're going to get freaky, marry or kill potential characters from one Gary Busey. And uh, on the sheet here on the buffet tonight, we have to choose from Mr. Joshua as portrayed in Lethal Weapon, uh, Space, Special Agent Pappas as portrayed in Point, Blake, Point Break, and finally, the Ginger Dead Man as portrayed in The Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> So, Genius, um, would you like to start on this one, or shall I? Uh, go for it. Okay, so, uh, there's so many characters, actually, I was looking at when it came to this. I was like, oh, man, I'd like to kind of do this. I'd like to do that. I'd like, you know, so I kind of had so to So, which really... one do you want to do? Exactly. Well, <laughs> ultimately, I'm going to marry. I'm going to marry Special Agent Pappas, and two reasons. Number one, I always think a marriage... The only way it can last is if it's built on, you know, a shared love to being being able to make each other laugh. And honestly, there's a scene in there where he is laughing his ass off reading a Marmaduke cartoon. And he is genuinely laughing like that's the funniest thing on the planet. And let me tell you, if I could wake up on a Sunday morning, a little coffee, maybe two cups, and a little Marmaduke where we can read in that in bed together, that is like the key to a successful marriage. Plus, hey, Greg, check out this dog. He's crazy as he's shit. Crazy. He's big. He's, he's, he's big. He's fun. Big old truly dog. It's funny. Thinks he's funny. a lap dog. Now, the other thing is, <laughs> and what I love about Special Agent Pappas, is if we ever went and vacationed, if you remember when he's doing his FBI test, he does the greatest dive into the pool and just that kind of zany attitude to know I'll be on like a cruise and I know he's going to do that kind of stuff to impress me, to make me laugh as well. That is why I married Agent Pappas. Now, I'm going to get freaky with Mr. Joshua. And now, Mr. Joshua, if you remember in Lethal Weapon, he's kind of the bad guy. He is, uh, he's well-dressed. He's, he's well-called. You know what's a shame is people don't remember, before the accident, Gary Busey was a hell of an actor. Yeah, he was. And he adds a lot of gravitas to this role. But the one reason I'm going to get freaky with uh, Mr. Joshua is, number one, there's that whole kind of authority thing, like, you're going to call me Mr. Joshua. That's kind of, kind of, I can dig in that. You know, uh-huh. maybe there's a safety word. I don't know. Maybe. But he also takes a lot of pain. See? Yeah. And uh-huh. that's now, I say uh-huh. again, if uh-huh. I'm getting freaky. We're on the same accord, my friend. We're going we're to go the whole nine, you know, and maybe Indo will come in and watch and give us pointers. There we go. We'll, we'll break in everyone. Hey, Tom Atkins, come in. Show the Atkins diet. Fucking, fucking, uh, uh. 
Ali Yong sitting there watching you guys go at it, just like I'm telling you, Indo would just be adding pointers yeah. there. Uh-huh. And then finally, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the ginger dead man because I'm already on enough special list. I don't need to add food fucker to the thing. And quite don't honestly, knock it till you try it. Don't <laughs> Well then, genius, I guess that's a nice segue. FMK, Gary Busey edition. Break it down for us. Okay, I'm going to kill the ginger dead man, right? Because one, I don't like crumbs in my bed. <laughs> and then like and then like all the frosting and shit and there it's just too much of a mess. Too much too many sweets for the sweet? Too much sweets for the sweet. Plus he's like this tall. What am I going to do? Seriously. He's he he's portable. That's true. You but can put him in your pocket. pocket. I mean, he's like, he just needs to die because he's evil and he's going to fuck with you. And he's going to get pissed off every time you eat cookies. And I love cookies. And so, true, except true. with ketchup. And, and so, like, <laughs> please refer back to joysticks the Joysticks episode on that one. So, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to marry Agent Papas because, one, he's got a good job. Oh, that's true. He's a Stable. protector. He's a cop, right? So like, oh, like, oh no, Agent Papa, something happened. Let me find that person who, who fucked with my delicate flower, right? And he's just going <laughs> to like, he's super protective, right? Plus, he knows how to eat. I mean, two meatball sandwiches, he knows where all the good spots are, right? And I'm going to fuck the shit out of Mr. Joshua because he's got that pain threshold thing. Yeah. And you can get all sorts of freaky deaky with that, you know? For example, because he gives that 100 large stare and like he... he yeah, hey, what's going on, man? Do it, do it, do it harder. Safety word, safety word. Ain't no safety word. Ain't no brakes on this train, right? And so, like, do you want a shot at the title? Yeah. So I just like, raw, you know, and just like, yeah, I can do all kinds of shit. So I'm gonna fuck Mr. Joshua, and yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. That works well. So if we haven't grossed you out enough, I'd love to hear if any of you would like to come down and talk with us again. Share your thoughts on Silver Bullet, on any of the talking points, or tell us who you'd get Freaky, Marry, or Kill. We do have some prizes to give away. But also to let you know, the Nerd Knowledge trailers for next month, uh, for our next Monday Mystery Movie Night. I can't wait! And this is, again, all because of Genius McGee, but we started with the trailer for Network, which, again, I highly recommend if you have not seen that in quite some time to check out. Uh, we followed that up with Videodrome, mm-hmm. and then ended things with Stay Tuned, <laughs> which is a film I that I have not seen that since the HBO days. I have not seen it since the HBO days, and I'm hunting it down. All the DVDs are on sale for like 50 bucks. And that's one you'll probably only find on DVD or potentially VHS. Yeah. All yeah. right, so coming on down here on the left, good sir, your name, speaking to the mic so the people uh, at home can hear you. Hello, everyone. I'm Blair. Oh, look, I think Abby's coming down. Oh, well, of I course. I hope she's not leaving. That'd be weird. Okay, here uh, we go. Yeah, she has an idea of talking point. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I call her out, and then she just walks out. Well, also, yeah, weird. speaking of the, uh, the, the Abby's ketchup like, cookie. Abby's like, don't put your name in my mouth. And she's just <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, oh, there we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she comes heating gifts here. So, again, talking to the mic so the people at home can hear you. Who's here on my right? Abby, hello. Oh, what's happening, Abby? So I she show- finally brings a non-catched up t- or like snortable treat. <laughs> I gotta- mean, you could try. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the left here, Blair, yes, have sir. you seen, are you familiar with Silver Bullet? Uh, no. Um, Ooh. First time. Really enjoyed it. So uh, uh, I'm going to plug my thing twice. But here's my first one. <laughs> that I've, sounds a little dirty. I've, I've been hosting. Wait till FMK. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hosting Horror Roulette, right? And uh, we did monster movies. And Adam was like, let's see Silver Bullet. And I was like, eh, I haven't seen it. So I don't, you know, uh, I don't want to do that one. So we skipped over it. So I'm glad I got to see it tonight. Nice. Um, 
it was wonderful. I can't believe I hadn't even heard of it prior to him bringing it up to me. So uh, it, it surprises me because it was really enjoyable. Nice. And Abby, have you seen Silver Bullet before? So I wasn't sure if I had. Uh, I do remember parts of it, but I haven't like actually seen it all. And I think it's because I was watching it and it seemed kind of slow in the start. And a lot of it was just fueled by Gary Busey. <laughs> but then, I mean, it picks up. It's good. What are you like, saying there, Abby? Are you saying I bring a lot of energy <laughs> to this movie? I do what I can. You know, just <laughs> Again, dueling Busey's here. Any um, specific part of this movie that like really resonated? with like, that was fucking great. So um, <laughs> let me talk about the dueling Busey's for one second. <laughs> I'm sitting up there, and I'm thinking, what is this reminding me of? Your, your dueling Busey is... Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey doing <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Hey, everybody, how about hot dogs? All fangs and nails like a werewolf. Fangs <laughs> and dangles. The, the other thing, uh, so my takeaway from uh, the, the movie was that that kid, um, so it, it might have been one of two things. Either the silver bullet was very gas inefficient, because <laughs> it like runs out of gas twice, I think, on the kid. Either that or he's just not paying enough attention, and he's irresponsible, and maybe, I don't know, maybe he deserved to go. I don't like, know if he deserved to oh go just because he was gas inefficient. That's fucking dark, Blair. I that was we don't like know the, what the gas tank was. Maybe he had one of those like little fucking like, uh, weed eater things. The kid was driving environmentalism over here. Good the Lord. kid was driving the Hummer of, auto, but, <laughs> of gasoline-powered wheelchairs. But in fairness... Would you not rock the silver bullet if you could? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> Total disregard for safety. This kid's like popping wheelies. It sure no was helmet. fucking the SUV of fucking... <laughs> and if you notice, when he was popping wheelies, was the first thing you said, Fucking genius. take it easy there, Super Chief. I was just like... He's it always comes back to the cannonball run. So, Abby, your initial, since you kind of were slowly coming back to it, or what are you leaving now with silver bullet? I enjoyed it. I think that uh, one thing I was kind of cracking up about was... It's a little bit like in your face with the name Silver Bullet and the wheelchair and then being called Silver Bullet and then the next wheelchair being called Silver Bullet and then there being a Silver Bullet. Um, again, one of those things, the cheesy stuff that can only happen in the 80s. Another time. Another place. Real quick, though, I heard a Corey Feldman earlier from Genius. Corey True. Haim. Oh, yeah. demerit, demerit. Haim. The 80s was all about, you know, the two different Corys. How are you going to hame shame me? And I'm it's, just saying, like... It was which, the inferior wait, 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 Corey, wait. I which feel one, like. Yeah, which which uh, side are you on? See, you... Hame. Hame? Really? I am a big Hame fan. I, 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 I think Feldman's too want to be Michael Jackson for me, because whenever you see him, he's got the hat and the leather well, thing. Don't judge Feldman now. I'm judging Feldman <laughs> then, too. How am I going to judge Hame now? Yeah, okay, you know what I'm true. saying? So, I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, no offense, but I mean, so I'm gonna go Haim. I think he's a he's the, the better of the better of the Tory uh, the Corys. And don't Haim shame me. All right, I will not so be which Haim one shame. would you go to then with Abby? <laughs> I would go Haim personally, but on movies, I have to go Feldman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like yeah. that you can differentiate between yeah. personal and movies. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. why we have the best fans and listeners. So on the uh, talking list here, a favorite werewolf movie, Abby. Favorite werewolf movie. Since Adrian's not here, ah. is he here? Uh, no. no. Okay. Since Adrian's not here, I'm gonna do the three, but I'm gonna make it quick. Uh, <laughs> Somewhere Adrian's having an out-of-body experience. Like, ah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on the good side, I went with American Werewolf in London. Yes. On the fun side, I went with Wolf Cop. 
Mm. Wolf cop! There we go. And then uh, on the bad side, but like bad good, I went with full eclipse. I do not know full eclipse. Indulge us. What is full uh, eclipse? It's Mario Van Peebles. Oh, we're the wolf cops. Yeah, pre-wolf cop, wolf yeah, cop. Yeah, pre-wolf cop, wolf cops. Yeah, and they're yeah. badasses, wolf cops. I really liked the mythology behind it, like where it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. They were like injecting werewolf blood into so- into cops, <laughs> making them super, like super cops. soldiers. Yeah, like like special ops. And it's yeah. Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, yeah, and he runs a team of werewolf cops. They're like like kind of like the zombie squad, but they're wolf cops. It's a terrible movie, but in a good but way. But it's cool. <laughs> it's a, good it's a movie terrible movie, but it's way. yes, yeah. exactly. And on this good podcast, call. that is a reening endorsement, yeah. actually. <laughs> so, favorite werewolf movie for you, Blair? Uh, so, one. Uh, Regular werewolf movie, and then one that's not really a werewolf movie, but is kind of scary. Okay, uh, Ginger Snaps. A good Come werewolf on. movie, yeah. Absolutely. That's like one of the best werewolf movies. Um, and then one of the creepiest werewolves is uh, Mark Duplass in Creep as Peach Fuzz. Yeah. I mean, not really a werewolf, but kind of a werewolf. We can go He's with technicality creepy. on that. He's so weird and scary. Uh, he's that's a mask. Okay. I don't know if that's a. We- you're right, not, he's not transforming. <laughs> I mean, like. But I will say though, given a, you know a choice between that and then the werebear in tonight's film, I like the werebear. I thought he was cute. Here's the thing. That's the problem. You don't want to cuddle your werewolf. No, you no, want to no, be no, afraid no. of them. His body was cute, but his face was good. I like the werewolf face, especially the reverse transformation. I thought that was tied as shit. I know you've the whole time. You're like, man, that werewolf don't look that good. And I want to say fuck you, Greg. I like that werewolf. I will say he was pretty fuzzy and not like he was, but he was he was like adorably fuzzy. Mm-hmm. I like my monsters with a little bit of cuteness because I'm a cute monster myself. And so like, dude, he could have been shilling like fabric softener. Okay, he that's was okay. Like that cuddly. That's okay. You want Do you want a mangy mady werewolf? Yes, I do. He's done and seen some things. Okay, I don't want I I don't want him smelling better than I am. Okay? I don't know. I thought I I liked the werewolf. I li- I liked his face. I was more scared of the reverend. See? Yeah, See? no, the Reverend was scary, but I thought he was a cute werewolf, and I just <laughs> wanted to be—I just kind of wanted him a werewolf doll, like Eddie Munster. <laughs> so, a favorite Gary Busey role, Abby, a favorite of Gary Busey. I'm cheating and picking Lethal Weapon because I really like Shane Black movies. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. Joshua is one for the ages. Yeah, damn right. Blair. Blair. Uh, so this is where I'm plugging my my shit again for Shocktober, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna say Predator Two. And I say that because uh, tomorrow at Screenland Armor, I am hosting Horror Roulette, and it is all sequels. Woo! So uh, for Mystery Films, they're all sequels. They're all badass. Uh, come check it out. It's free tomorrow. Awesome. But yeah, Predator 2 is dope. Um, you know, it's like still got the dirty New York vibe to it. That was in New York, right? Or is it L.A.? L.A. LA. Okay, Hell whatever. LA. See, like, even Mount Bali's like, L.A., Blair, get off the fucking mic. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's wonderful. Um, I love it. That's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Predator 2 is good. Favorite yeah. Stephen King movie, role, book, what have you, Miss Abby. Uh, real quick, I hear that the uh, bartender at the Horror Roulette's pretty awesome. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, heard I think everyone involved awesome over there too. within Screenland indeed yeah. are taken care of. Uh, so we're doing favorite Stephen King. Oh my gosh, can can I go second? C- certainly, certainly. Yeah, Blair, stop. favorite Stephen King. Uh, so 
I'm going to exempt The Shining because <laughs> it's so far off its source material, but it's still a, a wonderful piece of cinematic art. And I'm going to say uh, Misery is mm. it sticks to the source material. It is so scary and so well acted and put together that that, I think, is the quintessential Stephen King film. And you want to talk about a movie to watch people mm-hmm. react to with a certain scene. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, between that and Gerald's of, game, yeah. he has got some scenes that involving appendages and what have you that are just gnarly and nasty. Speaking of gnarly and nasty, Stephen King flick there, there, Toby? I'm, I'm actually glad that Blair said that about The Shining because I'm, um, I am a fan of Kubrick, but it, it doesn't hold true. So I had that as one of the two that I was like – Top two, probably. So I'm going to go with Creep Show then because Good call. there's so much in there. If you don't like one, you like the next, but also Jordy Verrill. Yeah, I mean, how <laughs> many. Meteor shit! How many Stephen King movies have Stephen King in it? Like, actually, well, a few, a few yeah. of them, oh, actually. Yeah, but they're mostly oh, yeah. small cameos. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's in Pet Cemetery. Okay. He's in uh, Creep Show. He's in, um, he's in Creep Show 2. Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. Well, he, genius, you say itself. No one plays a bumpkin quite like Stephen King. He is 100% a bumpkin with the cross eye and the big teeth, and I want to talk like they, me. This machine called me an asshole. Yeah. No, honorable no. mention for uh, Running Man, too, is one that you don't really think of as Stephen King. But He's ri- a Richard Bachman joint, if right. you will. <laughs> All right, so if you love Dynamo. So let's get freaky here. FMK, Gary Busey edition. Blair, Abby, who wants to go first? I say let's go Blair first. Yeah, because Abby one. actually has a diagram here on her notes, so that's kind of like, intimidating. Yeah. It's a Venn diagram. Of <laughs> a lot of crossover. MK. <laughs> shares these common traits. There's, it's just that middle part of the three circles. That's all. That's the that's one just that's, it, that's just it. I'm going to marry, fuck a man, kill him. <laughs> which order? I'm going to leave it up to you. Am I the only person in the room that would have sex with the cookie? <laughs> Y- yeah, gonna no. have a gonna have a little right. coo- little cookie nookie. He would be probably pretty warm, definitely sweet, and uh, I don't know. It'd be some hot ginger on ginger action. But oh. what if he's crunch? How long are you? How long are you holding? Yeah, you've been that holding one? that for a while, ain't you? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what if he's like hard and stale and crunchy? I don't know. I, I <laughs> spice of life, man. Variety. Come on That's now. True. Could be okay. I, so you're gonna diddle the gingerbread, man. You gotta warm them up first, right? Hey, I have a <laughs> bottle of ketchup up there. I'm <laughs> just saying. Uh, <laughs> if you need. <laughs> also, would cookie dough doing that cookie dough is that like uh, would Chris Hansen come after you? Or do you have to wait for him to bake? <laughs> just, I'm just curious. I'm oh, just curious. No. Okay, well, keep well it done, that. gingerbread man. Uh, let me see. <laughs> I got uh, nothing to say about that, Greg. <laughs> I, I'm now, I just enjoy cookie dough. No, I'm but this is almost like the you know how we, every time we take a picture, I'm saying something offensive and you're laughing at me or something like that. This is the time where like you're and I'm just like. <laughs> well, and I'm just gonna give a real quick shout out to Mount Baldy. He, <laughs> there's a reason my nickname in high school was called Double Stuff. <laughs> That's classy. I like that. Keep Sorry. it there, classy Mount Baldy. Uh, okay, so you're gonna do the gingerbread man. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna kill Mr. <laughs> Joshua. Um, hard to kill. Yeah, hard to kill, but it's like, I mean, maybe the sense of accomplishment after you get the, j- the job done. <laughs> and, you know. That can uh, go for FM or K. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> and I'm marrying Agent Papa's. Um, you know, we'd be by a beach somewhere surfing it up. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. 
That's it. I get to hang out with Keanu Reeves. Hell's in Johnny Utah. Yep. And maybe Bodie if you're lucky. All right, Abby. FMK, Gary Busey edition. Since when are you guys ever more dirty than me? Oh, no. <laughs> really? Are you kidding? Since multiple times. What you t- <laughs> oh, well, maybe maybe genius, but uh, there's not much more that I can say that hasn't already been said, but um, I, I actually really agree with both Greg and Genius on this. Um, I'm definitely going to kill Ginger Dead Man because I'm a final girl. You know, I got to I gotta do that. Slay I got to play beast. it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I am going to agree with you guys, on uh, your Mary and your fuck, I'm going to, there's a small part of me that almost wants to just fornicate with Special Agent Papas because I'd be like, can I call you Big Papas? (laughs) (laughs) That's But at the same time, my final answer is actually the same as your guys's. I like that, but the fact that you add the Big Papas, papas. that that definitely adds to it, so. Let's see here. Gra- grabbing from our <laughs> gift bag here. Let's uh, let's go with these okay. two. How are we gonna split those up there, genius? Um, I have a feeling she's already seen this one. Okay. So let's do. Uh, let's see here. This one. That will work. That'll go Stephen King-esque. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for you, a movie you should probably see because it's fucking dope, and I think you would dig it. Okay, from my yes. own personal collection, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, yeah. The movie is slick. Get your intellectual werewolf on. And speaking of Stephen King movies that have nothing to do with the source material, (laughs) you get a copy of the um, good (laughs) Lawnmower Man. That was, that was the title of Blockbuster I always saw when I was a kid. Like, what the fuck could this be? In the this, horror section, I was like, lawnmower, man. This movie has nothing to do with the story, right? Because, okay, so in this one, like, they get the guy who's, like, kind of, I guess he's, like, like, Simple. It's flowers for Algernon. It is flowers for Algernon <laughs> with a sci-fi thing. But in the original story, like the lawnmower man is like fucking Pan. He's like a satyr. Okay. So it's got nothing to do with nothing. So. And he eats grass. Yeah. Quite literally. So it's quite weird. So please. He is the lawnmower. Okay. Give Abby and Blair a round of applause for coming down. Thank you guys for coming down. Thank you. So again, thank you all for coming out here for our monthly Monday Mystery Movie Night. Um, you know, still so many other scary things happening in Shocktober. Um, this Friday, the fourth annual Nerdoween. Yes, this Friday is the, a- the annual Nerdoween where we are showing three mystery horror movies. Uh, so what, how many, wait, wait, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's only four, so there's only four more days till Nerdoween, Nerdoween, Nerdoween. Four more days till Nerdoween, sleazy sci-fi. It's going to be, it's almost time, kids. Make sure you bring your costumes for the costume contest and stick around for three horror movies brought to you by the Nerds of Nostalgia and Tapcade. On top of everything else at Screenland.com. So uh, until next month, gang, uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius. Hey, wait a minute. I'm Gary Busey. Gary, Genius Busey. (laughs) (laughs) Reminding you it's never too late to get nerdy about nostalgia. (laughs) 